Hey, hey, everybody, it's Vince. Um, heads up. We may have botched the audio. And, alright, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. It's our second episode. You do something two times and get it perfect. Yeah, that's right, I'm gonna start the episode and make you feel bad. Alright, have a good one, enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to Atomic Radio Hour, the show that dives into the wreckage that is post-apocalyptic. I'm your host, Vince, and I'm also here today with... Your most precious resource, Declan. And uh, we are a Fallout-centric podcast, where podcasts like to get together and talk about all things post-apocalyptia. You want to add anything to that? Tell me, what what are we talking about today? Today's topic, dealing with lore, has to do with the resource wars. Since last week we talked about uh, the vaults and their effect on the world, I think we should talk about the number one reason why the world is as fucked up as it is. Why did we need the vaults? Yeah. So how, how much about how much about the resource war do you know? The resource war, I feel like I don't know too much about it. Like, I know that about more of the Great War, but I know that the resource war, it, like, preceded all of the nuclear uh, attacks, and it had to do with, like, getting as much oil and coal and whatever to uh, be able to fuel the world. Yeah, more or less, I mean, out. it's, it, it, I, I, in my notes, we'll go over it in depth, but it was mostly just humanity's dependency on fossil fuels. In 2052, small nations start to go bankrupt, and Europe starts depending heavily on the Middle East for oil. Uh, Chinese geologists tap into the last remaining oil region that's deep beneath the uh, Pacific Ocean. And the U.S., being as dirty as the U.S. is in the Fallout universe, uh, have spies that go and sabotage the plan, and Poseidon Oil later on takes this, o- takes this land and harvests from it. Yeah, that sounds like on brand for, for the pre-war U.S. Yeah. Uh, July 26th the U- of, of 2052, the UN is disabled because no one is getting along. It's literally just like a bunch of six-year-olds playing and can't get along. And so like, it's disbanded? Yeah, totally disbanded. Uh, by Okay, and this is what's nuts, because I don't remember ever hearing this, but by December of the same year, Tel Aviv is completely blown off the map. No, really? Yeah, there's a nuclear terrorist threat bombing that goes on. And Tel Aviv is gone. Tel Aviv is destroyed. That's crazy. What game is that mentioned in? Or is that maybe in the Bible? I, I don't remember if, if it's in the Bible or if it's in maybe one. Because I think you find that at Mariposa. Oh, yeah? I think. I could be wrong. Hmm. By January of 2054, these countries that are still around are having this like small back and forth of nuclear weapons like just, like, spats with mini-nukes and shit. Yeah, and uh, this kind of sets in motion for Project Safe House. Project Safe House, the U.S. is kind of just like... Yeah, we need to, like, on? not get blown off the map. Uh, 2059, the Anchorage front line was established. The U.S.'s attempt to protect the Alaskan oil. Is that where Poseidon Energy is set up shop? I don't know if it's where Poseidon Oil is set up shop, but it's probably... Wait, what do you mean by that? Like, where their headquarters is, or...? No, um, like how you said how the oil in the Pacific, um, how Poseidon Energy ended up taking that. Do you think they had some hand in setting up a defense in Anchorage? Probably. Probably because the way the if they were protecting their interests, it would make a lot of sense for them to be saying, hey, government, we want troops here because we want oil. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't read that, but... Uh... I like to I like to think about stuff like that. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what the whole game is based on, is political corruption. Oh, easily, yeah. So the U.S. starts doing this, and they're, they're putting a lot of pressure on Canada to use their land, and uh, it's it's starting a lot of tension on both sides. So then the U.S. annexes Canada, right? Later. 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 
uh, by 2060, the European, the Euro Middle Eastern War comes to an end. The, uh, so there was a straight up just war there was between a straight up war the European between, Union and yeah. the Middle East. Well, the the European Union, if I remember correctly, when I was when I was doing the research for this, is like three countries. Oh, so it never took off like it did here. No, it's it's. I want to say England, Italy, and Germany. Okay, so there's some big ones. Yeah, you're only missing France to really get all the and Spain to get the big ones. Yeah, but it's only them. And by 2060, the the like I said, the Euro Middle Eastern War comes to a complete end because both sides are just out of resources. Now that happens, and the war's over, and neither side can really even remember what they were fighting. for. Really? They're just like, what the hell was that even about? But the European Commonwealth dissolves, that's what it was called, the European Commonwealth, Uh. into, like, nation-states, and they just fight. People, like, in the street fight over resources. It's it's pandemonium. It's total anarchy. Yeah. It's total dissolve of society. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible. By the winter of 20... By the winter of 2066, China invades Alaska. Tensions between the U.S. and Canada become even greater. Canada is reluctant to allow the U.S. troops to fly over them. They don't really want them to be like... They want to stay out of it. Yeah, they're like, if this is what all this is about to go down, I don't want to be around this. They didn't even really want... They didn't even really want soldiers on their soil. They were just kind of like... Apprehensive for the entire... For the entire event. Yeah. So by 2067, the first suits of T-45D power armor deployed in Alaska. Is that like establishing Anchorage? Yeah. It's kind of like, don't fuck with the U.S. Don't come to Alaska. Like, we're not invited. Uh... It, it makes soldiers pretty much superhumans. Uh, because of the power armor. Yeah. The way it was described when I was doing the research was saying pretty much like in one person could level a city. Jeez. Like they could just... And I mean, that's also like the Fallout 1 way of writing it probably too. Yeah. Because now you get into a suit of power armor and it's like, I'm powerful, but I can't level a building. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm sure that if the engine could allow it, you could bust through like plaster walls. Oh, yeah. But oh, that'd be so cool. That would be like, so Kool-Aid cool. Kool-Aid man it? Just yeah. Poof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, China tries to create their own power armor, but they lack... The- but they do make the stealth armor. Later on. Yeah, I don't have that... Re- there was nothing about stealth armor, but yeah. But the Chinese stealth armor is freaking Do cool. they? Yeah. That's not just part of the simulation? No. Well, no, because you find it at the end. Yeah, you can get the stealth armor. So by 2069, the U.S. military uh, is more present in Canada. The consumption of resources starts to really take a toll on the entire country vast stretches of just wildlife are being obliterated. Uh, Many Americans start referring to Canada as Little America. (laughs) A lot of Canadians protest, and it just kind of, like, goes unheard. Like, too much money is controlling what's going on. Yeah. The next part, I'm not sure if it's canon, and I really wanted to talk about it, because I didn't want to say it when the 76 trailer first came out. Yeah, shoot. uh, Some Canadians try to sabotage the Alaskan pipeline because they didn't want these Americans in their country, of course, destroying everything. The BOMB, Ballistic Orbital Missile Base, is finished and put into space. Okay. Now, if you watch the trailer where the guy, there's a guy walking, I think he's wearing a flannel shirt. There's a bit, like, when I clicked on the picture for the, because it just said bomb, it didn't say ballistic or it didn't say yeah. any of that. I click on it, it's the same thing that's crashed. I genuinely think. In 76, you're going to be able to go to the, a bomb. You're going to be able to go to the spot, and there's going to be something that fell from space. Like one of these satellite weapons that had just failed and completely plummeted yeah. to the... and I fucking bet you, you can launch a nuke from it. 
Well, we know we could launch a nuke from, like, silos. Yeah. But that is cool. Yeah. And or at least use it as some kind of weapon in some regard. Yeah. Like, um, I always liked the, uh, the satellite. Like, in each Bethesda game, I don't know about uh, Fallout 4, but at least in New Vegas and in 3, there is some kind of orbital weapon. What was the orbital weapon in 3? The uh, Archimedes 2, right? That's no? only New Vegas. That's in New Vegas. I thought there was another uh, orbital weapon in, in in three. Not that I remember. See, I thought there was. Are you thinking about? You're not thinking about the hammer from Gears, are you? No. Did you ever play Gears? No, I haven't. It's not a game I think you would play. No. No. It's just kind of like it's vi- it, like it's got an alright story, but it seems just like violence for the sake of violence. Yeah, it seems a little bit gritty for me. Yeah. I like more camp, but well, I like the idea of there being these uh these orbital orbital weapons. It makes sense. That are just about, and like, they're these toys of these governments that have way too much money. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense for it to, to fall to Earth. Like if it were out of some kind of fuel. Yeah. To keep itself in motion. Yeah. And it weren't quite at the level of being able to be a true satellite, like with quotes, um, and for it to keep itself in orbit. Knowing how they, how Fez is trying to redo not redo but like justify all this lore i wouldn't be surprised if they just say that like they try to get back to earth because they were like hey some shit's going on and we haven't heard from anybody in a while yeah like if there were people stationed up there yeah because i mean why wouldn't there be yeah space race would have happened i would say right yeah actually we should do we should do a lore episode about that just because about space because when you play fallout 4 and you go to the museum of history there's a whole thing about dudes in power armor on the moon if you look at that is mural, there? and I've never, I remember listening to a lore video once where the guy slightly talked about it, but I never really, really looked into it. I mean, the most that I know of space is like the pop culture stuff, like Jangles the Moon Monkey. Yeah. And um, I really hadn't considered the actuality of space in the Fallout universe. Like, do you think there's a lunar colony we need to think about? To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if either a major plot of an upcoming Fallout game is the Enclave coming from the moon. The Enclave on the moon. The Moonclave. I like it. I mean, which I, I have a little bit written about the Enclave for my notes, but it would make sense to me. All these people that have a shit ton of money and the president, like, why not go to the moon? It's literally yeah. the, maybe not the safest, but the most secluded. Yeah. So, by 2073, China starts using biological weapons, which normally, I'm pretty sure the UN has said we're not using biological weapons anymore. Yeah. But the UN's fucking gone. So, they start using biological weapons, and the U.S. countermeasure is uh, the Pan-Immunity Project. You know what the Pan-Immunity Project is? I don't, actually. It's the group that later researched the FEV virus. Oh, yeah. So that's very pertinent. Yeah, they wanted to the FEV. For those who don't know, they wanted to make super soldiers. Yeah, and like they Captain America and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had no fucking clue what they were doing. And this is uh, five years before the. No, I'm sorry, four years before the bombs drop. So they right. didn't have time to work out all the kinks, and because of it, we got super mutants. Got our, our green friends. Yeah. If we call uh, super mutants a kink in the project. Like, yeah, no, it's a little stepping stone. We'll get rid of that bug in the next version. Like, what? <laughs> in, in, in post, I'm sorry, in pre-war Fallout, 
Super mutants are a kink. They are not, and I don't mean like a kink in the internet sense. Oh no, rule 34, it's already out there. Yeah, yeah, probably. Don't tweet it at the show. (laughs) Which is at Atomic Radio Hour, but don't tweet it to us. They had the money to just sweep that under the rug. Yeah, they had the money to go like, alright, if one in every fifth person becomes a super mutant, or whatever the fuck they were going to call them, just... Oh, well, like, all oh, these guys were volunteers. They yeah. knew what was going to happen. Yeah. That one was a drug addict. Look what he was wearing. Like, just fucking terrible <laughs> shit. Uh, by 2074, negotiations between the U.S. and other world powers become, come to a dramatic end. Now, they were kind of getting together and trying to say, like, who's getting what? Like, how is this going to work out? We need to make do with the resources we have. The president walks out of a meeting and kind of just is like, fuck all of this. The U.S. is getting the last remaining oil and we refuse to share. We refuse to sell it. We're not doing anything. It's ours. I feel like that's very U.S. in on brand. No, it is, but it's like, fucking come on. Yeah. Like, what, do you want to get nuked? Like, <laughs> they were asking for it. Yeah. Same year, 2074, the U.S. starts deploying troops to China. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that we deployed in China. Yeah. I should say we, but that the U.S. had deployed in China. Which really makes me think, how many Americans are alive in China? Or at least descendants thereof. Yeah. Like, is there just colonies of Americans in power armor? Who knows? That'd be an interesting uh, interesting side game. Or yeah. even a DLC. You know what? I feel like if we had a West, another West Coast Fallout, like... Something like, like the Oregon, Washington State, Idaho, like think about how cool that, that entire like northern or, Montana or no Wyoming, yeah Wyoming. There's nothing there. That entire northwest corner. If we had a Fallout game there, I feel like we'd have a lot more access to what would have happened to China because it's geographically closer to China. If anyone was out there on a boat or a submarine, it's going to be right there. Did you ever do the, the Yangtze quest? I have. Yeah, and I think it's absolutely captivating and very cool the only thing that kills me is that all of the salvage in the submarine is american products yeah i never thought of that yeah like you go over to a med box and it doesn't have uh chinese or japanese on it huh i never thought of that yeah or like you find like sugar bombs like these are you're not gonna get these in he, china yeah he's never left and even yeah. if it wasn't china it would have a it would be in chinese yeah, the caution, the caution slippery when wet sign would not have English on it. There's a caution slippery when wet sign? Yes. Holy shit. I, haven't, I did it one time. That's really funny. Yeah. But the U.S. says fuck y'all. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. But they, they, they didn't even have like enough troops. I don't think they were ready for it. A lot of the troops got like bogged down on the main line. Yeah. So, but I still. mean, Anchorage was like a slaughter, right? Uh, In terms of how it all in canon panned out. Despite what your simulation might have meant in Fallout 3, the actual actuality of what happened in Anchorage was that it was a slaughter. Correct? I mean, they win. The U.S. wins. Doesn't mean it wasn't a bloodbath. No, I mean, oh, yeah. totally, totally. So, February 14th, Happy Valentine's Day. Canada understands that the vast number of troops uh, that are constantly in Canada is pretty much just like, fuck it. We have no money. We have no resources. They're we there might as well just become annexed. So by 2075, they're just like, fuck it, let us in. The U.S. annexes Canada. Yeah. Uh, 2076, other than Vault 76 finishing in time for the tricentenary? Tricentenary? It's a word that has three in it. So in 2076, the U.S. finally annexes Canada. It's totally complete. It's on the books. It's all all, uh, gravy. At this point, had the United States 
dissolved into uh, territories yet. I'm pretty sure this is what did it. Okay. Um, Tell me I about didn't it. read anything about that, but there was the 13 commonwealths. Yeah. And I know Canada itself is like its own commonwealth. And the Texas commonwealth is Texas and like one other state. Yeah. Because so Texas big, is huge. Yeah. Um, and of course, the commonwealth, which is all the New England states, becomes the commonwealth. That's the. That's not just the Commonwealth. It's. I yeah. think it's the New England Commonwealth. But after the bombs drop, it just got shortened to the Commonwealth. Okay. But there's a bunch of Canadian protesters like we don't want to be a part of America. Like everything they're doing right now is evil, and we're not for it. Those Canadian protesters were killed on site. No way. Yeah. Just. Just like you know, in the beginning of Fallout One, there's the dude in the power armor, and he shoots the yeah. guy, and then waves at the camera. Yeah. That. No way. Yeah. But wait, there's more. The Canadian pipeline gets swamped by the U.S. And pictures of the atrocities start making back to the homeland. And people start protesting more and more. As so, in, you can't just be murdering Canadians. Yeah, like, it's it's starting to get even more out of More hand. messy. Yeah. Like, this, like, totally you can see, like, where the timeline is and, like, the, the dirty shit they're doing. Like, where it's really starting to get. Uh, June, same year, 2076, the T-51B power armor is finally, uh, shown off. It's finally delivered. The power armor of the future. Yeah, this is, like, this is, this is supposed to be the greatest power armor ever. It was supposed to be, like, tops. Like, it's just, there's no stopping it. Many of these were actually first deployed to China, too. Because that's the front line. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, at that point. Which, I mean, again, makes me think there must be just colonies of... Of soldiers. That just, we're like, fuck it, we're alive, like, we gotta learn how to cultivate rice. Yeah, I think that'd be a very interesting uh, angle to frame the a game from. Like, even if it's like, alright, here's 76, this is the time, this is the one that you have to play to wait till we get to Fallout 5. If they did, like, f- like Fallout Red, or like, Fallout... See, that's a cool title. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, this is the one that talks about the Chinese Americans, or the American Chinese, that... Like, you're in this part of China. You're doing this. You're having that to do with this. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so cool. And especially if they went all out and actually got Chinese voice actors who spoke Mandarin, that'd be amazing. It'd be a great, uh, like, cultural project. Yeah. I just, I, I really, I'd be all for that. Yeah, I'd love that. So, Fezza, I want my 10%. If that's, if that's, <laughs> if that's the move, I want my 10%. So, because of all of this with the, the, the T-51 power armor, China's pretty much brought to its breaking point. Like, China's done. Like, the U.S. is going to win, but at what cost? Yeah. You're going to win over Ash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of other, like, little spots in China. Or, not in China, that surround China. That surround, like, the Asian... Uh, I don't know if it's an Asian commonwealth, it would be called. But that area. Of uh, that are totally just... Out of money, out of resources, can't really do anything. And China's just like, all right, it's the end. January 10th, 2077, the U.S. reclaims Alaska and the front line. Now that's Operation Anchorage. I think so. Because um, that's I, when you uh, when you get the uh, the electric sword. You use it to... Yeah, but that's all up. supposed to be like, this is what we want to happen. I it's, suppose, yeah. You know what I mean? It probably didn't go down the way it went down. I mean, yeah, they probably embellished as much as they could. Well, no, no, that simulation was made before the war ended. Okay. But yeah. it has to have carried some amount of truth. Probably, because if people actually went through that, they probably tried to do that exactly. Yeah. 
By January 22nd, power armor is first used in the U.S. to control crowds and quarantine people off. Who are they quarantining? Poor people. For real? Like, I'm not even joking. Like, like why would you need to quarantine anybody off that isn't poor? Yeah, There's I no mass disease. Yeah, at this point, there's no money for, like, like public service. People are probably getting sick all over the yeah. place. Riots over scarce food and medicine. Many civilians are killed for rioting and just trying to support their family. Like, this is when it gets real dark. This is the apocalypse. Yeah, this is the pre-apocalypse. We talk about post-apocalyptia, this is This is apocalyptia. Yeah. Yeah. U.S. and Canada soldiers attempt to escape to go to other nations uh, or just leave the army, and they get put in prison camps. Like, you aren't leaving. Yeah. Well, and in uh, the DLC for New Vegas, I don't remember which one, but you can come across a Chinese, like, concentration camp. Yeah. And... Which one is that? I don't... I don't remember. I don't... I don't remember playing it. I didn't really play the DLC for New Vegas. Was it Lonesome Road? I think so. Yeah. And it was. you open the gate, and they, they get to a certain point, and their heads blow up. They had fucking slave collars on. Yeah. Because they're ghouls. Yeah. Forgot to mention that. Yeah, because it's 200 and change later. March of the same year, many were preparing for a bio or a nuclear attack. The president and members of the Enclave relocate around the world to other places. So everybody knows about, I would hope everyone would have the basic understanding that the Enclave went to the oil base. Yes. And that was like the biggest one, the the, the oil rig. Um, That's off the coast of uh, California. Mm-hmm. We just think like, like imagine being that to that point where you know it's going to end. Like you're like you see on the news. Oh, the president has left the country. Well, I don't even know if it would say that, but like having that much fore- foresight to see that like the end of days is coming. Yeah. And just saying, being able to peek everyone. off the cliff and see what's below. Yeah. Yeah. Like, isn't that nuts? Yeah. You need to be at that point to to know it. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that oh, uh, you, uh, you never know what could happen. But at that point, there's so much informed. There's no going back. That there's no going back. Yeah. yeah. It's the point of no return. The train's going into the ravine, Marty. <laughs> and now the most infamous date, pretty much the date the entire game is based upon. Can I? It's October twenty third, twenty seventy seven. At 9.47 a.m., the Great War starts. It only lasts about two hours, and it's the last large-scale war the world has ever seen. It's not known who fired the first shot. Some people would say the U.S. Some people said China. There's a theory, and I really like this theory, that it was Vault-Tec. Yeah, I like the Vault-Tec theory. They're like, we need to get our experiments cracking, guys. Come on, chop, chop. And... If you really think about what Voltec was doing, a lot of it to me just doesn't really make sense. Like, yeah. let's... They were evil, an evil corporation, and they had their motives, and they had their shit planned. They knew what was going to yeah. happen. Yeah. You never hear about a vault that no one made it into. No, Unless they had intended on it. Everybody made it in. At least one person made it into every vault that I'm aware of. Or at least vaults that exist in canon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could get 76, and there could be a new vault, and it could be that there's nobody in there. That'd be yeah. kind of cool. Think about that. If you nobody's in there, but you could set up shops. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah, like you open it for the first time as as your yourself as a player character. Yeah, it's a and it's fresh. Everything's perfectly clean. A little bit of dust, but you can get rid of that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, just imagine if they would do it where every time that there's a new person on the server, 
whoever opens the door first is the overseer. Not the oh, I wasn't even thinking. Imagine you start your own vault. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking because like, they already have a framework from the DLC, the vault making DLC. Holy shit! Yeah, that that those lines of code exist already. All right, Festa again, ten percent, just ten percent. Yeah, we each get ten percent this time. Ten percent. Let me let's put Ron Gulman in the game. Let me voice Ron. You don't even got you don't even got to pay me to voice Ron. Let me just sit down and make the character with you, and we'll, we'll flesh out a storyline. He owns a vault. He's yeah, a cool he's, man. Oh, wow, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah, but like I was thinking more. You get the first pick of everything in there. Yeah, here's here's a crate of nothing. Well, you're a collector at heart. Water. Yeah, I play the I, game I'm, as a collector. I'm really into dissecting stories and narratives. But you can still do that. Yeah. So I immediately went to, oh, this is a story that can be made in my brain. And you were like, oh, what stuff can I get out of this place? Because, <laughs> like, I'm going to try to play the game where I'm going to be a caravaner. Yeah. An adventuring caravaner. I want to sell people stuff. I have two characters I want to play. I want to play a dirty, ruthless raider. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I want to play an explorer. You know what I really want to play, That too? tries to mark every place on his map. That, yeah. Yeah. I also want to do, because um, we were talking about it a little bit last week, I want to do... I want to do a paladin who just helps out lower level players. Yeah. Just to be yeah, like, We talked about that. That, yeah. was, that was pretty cool. I just, I think that'd be really rewarding. Welcome to the wasteland, son. Here's a complimentary pistol. Like, like here's, here's, here's two things of purified water. Like take it. And, and here's a fancy lad. Like yeah. be on your way. You're, you're, you're not going to starve or. You're the welcoming committee. Yeah. Like I just think that'd be so cool. If you can make clans calling it the welcoming committee would be really funny. But spell it like all wrong. Yeah. Like, it ends with like M I T T Y. That's awesome. Yeah, but the Great War. Voltec might have launched it. Yeah. China might have launched it. U.S. might have launched it. Who do you think for real? For real? For real? Who do you think did it? I think China. I usually assume China, because with the lore that I just read off, it makes sense that if China was at its end if it, they knew like it's over we have no money we have no resources there's yeah. nothing we can do we can get the last laugh because i don't ever remember reading like you know in the beginning of four ron perlman's like new york and pennsylvania have been hit yeah but you never hear like oh and we hit china yeah you don't hear shanghai has fallen yeah, yeah. which also led me to believe what if hear me out what if only north america got obliterated what if, like, the rest of the world kind of... Like, I think Australia is probably prime. They had to yeah. deal with the nuclear winter, but, like, that's it. They're probably great. Yeah, but... It didn't devolve into Mad Max. But, no, Australia already, like, today looks like Fallout. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's giant spiders running around. Yeah. And... People are punching kangaroos. Yeah, did you ever see that video? I love that video. That video's insane. Yeah. Like... Shout out to Kangaroo Puncher Guy. Come on the show. <laughs> I just... I just... I think that there there was a theory that I read on Twitter before Fallout 4 came out that said, how cool would it be if, like, you're playing the game and it's, like, it's, like, kind of, like, mundane quests. Like, oh, I'm getting situated. Like, I'm getting, the like, these are the Minutemen or these are the this, these are that, whatever. And all of a sudden, a ship comes over and it's the English. And they're, like, oh, we're, yeah, and it's the Revolutionary War. That. Like, how cool would that, that have been? The new Revolutionary War. Yeah, like, we're here to take this land back. That would have been so cool. Yeah. Like, you're a bunch of dirty raiders, and we're here with a perfectly intact country. Not even, like, a perfectly intact country, but just, they knew more history. 
Yeah. Because I doubt, I doubt that they were blown off the map like we were blown off the map. I feel like a majority of major cities, if someone's hitting the button to say this is Doomsday, you're going to go for every major city in probably every continent. You think so? I would say so. Well, did you ever see the, the U.S. nuke map? Yeah. That if, like, anything ever happens, these are what's going to get hit? Or this what's expected to be hit. Yeah. There's, like, four states that don't get hit at all. Yeah, they're all in the middle. It's... I know Wyoming is one of them. I don't remember any other one. Shout out to Wyoming. Come on the show. <laughs> uh... But Wyoming is, like, one of our larger states. Like, it's, like, top five biggest state. In terms of surface area. Yeah. And has the lowest population of any state in the U.S. Because it's so spread out. Yeah. But, like, think about how fun it would be to explore that in Fallout. Just, like, farmhouses for miles. Yeah. And, like, you find these, uh, these small little, like, enclaves, in quote, of, uh, of humanity that just kept going. Like, they, they're farming... There's trees. Not those shriveled black things. No. Um, but there's actual trees. And there's entire communities that are built around livestock and just surviving. Great. What if you can find a cow? What, can what if you can find a cow? What if, at that point, it's so pure, there's no Brahmin there? I don't I don't think so. No? I don't... Do you think the, the fallout the, has already done its course? Just because a bomb didn't drop there, I don't think doesn't mean any nuclear material didn't get there. Yeah. I mean, that just makes sense to me. I mean... It makes sense to me, too, but I'm just saying, what if? What if you found a cow? It's like the last cow ever. Yeah. Does do Brahmin produce milk? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like it would be. They have, I think they have two udders. I think so too. But they also have horns. So are they male or female? They're they're yes or no. They're just Brahmin. Yeah. They must have some That's the way of gender. reproduction. Probably because there's so many of them, especially in New Vegas. Yeah, but. What if, like, one of their heads just pops off and it, like, grows like a starfish? That would be an interesting thing to see. I'm not gonna lie. But, so, what I want to talk about is our new segment. We're going to call it Wasteland Survival Guide, and we're going to tell you how to be better at Fallout. What are some Wasteland Survival tips that you have for our audience today? Okay, when you first start the game, any game, be it 3, New Vegas, uh, 4, any of them, I don't no, I'm not I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure pre-war money doesn't weigh anything. And if it weighs anything, it's a half pound. And in Fallout 4, it might be like a tenth of a pound. If it weighs anything, it weighs nothing. Yeah, like yeah. it either weighs a little bit or nothing at all. Pick up all the pre-war money and all the cigarettes you can find and just sell them. Because it's free money. There's no weight or little to no weight. In the same vein, in Fallout New Vegas... Almost everything in Doc Mitchell's house does not have the owned tag. You can pick up every single burnt book in that freaking house and start off with a decent chunk of change for Fallout New Vegas. Did I ever tell you my burnt book story? No, you have not told me your burnt book story. When I first saw the E3 footage for Fallout 3, Todd Howard says, Yeah, you can go find these books and your skills will improve once you've read them. So I was in Megaton at the, the Children of Adam Cathedral. No way. And I picked up every fucking book. Every, Every book. book, and I'm going, and I'm going to my inventory, and I'm going, why am I not like I'm sitting there going, picking them up, going, why am I not better? Why am I not leveling up? Why is this not happening? Why is it not happening? And I uh. went through and like did everything, <laughs> and then I found an actual skill book, picked it up, and was like, oh fuck, I'm a big idiot. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't even know how old I was. That's one of the reasons why I didn't like the game at first, because like this doesn't make sense to me. Any other tips for uh, for this week? No. We'll have to catch you next week on Wasteland Survival Guide. Ba ba da ba ba da ba.
How did you get introduced to Fallout? That's a fun story. Um, I know how you got introduced to Fallout. I think we talked about it a little bit last time. But I got introduced to Fallout when I went over to a friend's house. and Mutual friend? A mutual friend, yeah. And he was playing Fallout New Vegas. I was like, oh, what's this? What mutual friend was this? Uh, that was my friend, Mikey. Hey, Mikey, oh. come on the show. Yeah, come on the show. And he was playing Fallout New Vegas. I don't remember how old we were. It was old enough that New Vegas was out. And uh, he had gotten the Game of the Year edition, so it had to have been... Or the Ultimate Edition. So it had to have been at the point that that was out. And uh, we were in the garage, and he, we, he just had this game on, and I was like, oh, what is this? It looks kind of cool, because he had just got the Ganon family Tesla armor. Jesus. And I was like, this looks rad as hell. He's like, oh, this is uh, it's Fallout. And then he showed me a bit about it. We were shooting some things. I was like, rad roaches, oh my. And at that point, I was like, yeah, that looks kind of cool. So I, I bought New Vegas. At that point, I had just built a, uh, a PC, a dedicated like gaming PC. So I needed games to populate my, uh, my hard drive. And New Vegas was one of my first Steam games. Cool. One of my first Steam games that I could run on my new PC, I should say. Because I played some really uh, low-end games on an old computer. But that's I think that's why I have a sweet spot for New Vegas, where I know I like Fallout 3's story a little bit more. New Vegas is just kind of like my first Fallout game. It feels like home. Yeah. It feels comfortable. It feels You have like, nostalgia for it. Like, every time I wake up in Do- Doc Mitchell's house, it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. How about, uh, do you want to talk a bit more about yours? I, um was planning on buying an xbox 360 and e3 was that year like it is every year and uh i was just i was i remember sitting at my tv when g remember g4 yeah g4. watching g4 with a notepad writing down the names of games and going i have to get these for my xbox oh that's so that's so that doesn't happen anymore no now it'd be like put in the fucking amazon card like yeah I, I remember sitting there, and it was like, Fallout 3 definitely was on there. I want to say one of the Gears was on there. Fable 2 was definitely on there. Yo, Fable 2. Fable 2, I feel like I wouldn't like it, it if I went back. I love Fable 2. I played the sh- I beat that game so many times. I got the Daichi Katana. Like, every time I did it, and I always got the, the, dragon, the Red Dragon Pistol. Every time. But I just, I feel like if I went back and played it, I wouldn't. Like, it hasn't aged well in your brain? Yeah, and, like, every time I think about it, all I think about is how fucking your character runs like he's on ice. <laughs> um, but I remember sitting there with, with my pen and my pad writing, and they had the whole Fallout thing. They had the Fallout presentation, and I had never seen a game like it ever. I didn't like, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know. I was like, wait, this is this is after the apocalypse, but this was your introduction to post-apocalypse as a greater concept. Kind of. I, I think I had seen um, I Am Legend, and I really liked it because it made me feel uncomfortable. Because I was like, oh shit, this is like the end of the world. But yeah. then I saw this, and I was like, yo, like this is... I was like, so hold on, it's the future, but it's the 50s. And I, I, I had never been introduced to that concept. Like, I didn't think of like... Retrofuturism. I yeah. never, never once thought that could be a possibility, right? So, I'm watching this, and Todd Howard's in a, in a Fallout shirt. It's just like a blue shirt that Fallout 3 on it. And then behind him is a trailer with these, like, mannequins dressed up like they are in the game, like having a fake Barbie. <laughs> and, like, I'm watching this going, this is the fucking nuttiest shit ever. Like, this is so fucking cool. The game comes out, I think, like, October 25th. I don't 
recall the date it came out. They wanted to get it as close to October 23rd as they could. I remember yeah. that. There was a newspapers. I think it was like New York Times or something. Like one of the biggest newspapers. They took out an entire back page ad. Wow. Yeah. And this is when Bethesda, like, they were making Elder Scrolls. And Elder Scrolls. And, yeah, and they were just like, did you ever see the interview of Todd Howard and Space Ghost? No. It's fucking incredible. It's like it's like 2006 or 2007's E3, and Space Ghost like, mm, Todd Howard, and doing the whole fucking Space Ghost shtick. Yeah. And uh, Todd Howard's like not fucking having it. And then he's like, so Todd, tell me, what are you working on? He's like, uh, Oblivion came out, or is coming out, and we're working on the next Fallout game. And it was like, the first time I've seen, even though I watched this like a month ago, the first time that I can recall someone referencing Fallout 3, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, but I, I wound up, like, for my birthday, I remember my mom was just like, whatever you want to get, we'll go. We'll go get it. And she took me to Best Buy. I got, like, a like a gaming chair. Like, one of those, like, chairs that you hook your Xbox or TV up to, and it, like, vibrates, and you can, like, plug your phone in and play music. And, like, yeah. has, like, a speaker in the back of it. Yeah, the- yeah, yeah. It was a nice chair, and I got that, and I got Gears 3, Fable 2, and Fallout 3. And I fucking pop Fallout 3 in. And I, like I said last time, I didn't get it. What the fuck kind of game is it? I remember telling my mom, I was like, I can't wait to play this. This is like the 50s, but in the future, but in the past. And she's like, okay, that's cool, whatever. And like, now it's, I fucking have a podcast about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know how nuts that is? Like, I was, I was trying to it's tell like, a kid. Yeah, no, I'm good. It's all right, but I'm good. Yeah. Like your initial impressions. And now it's just like, the, I, th- I think it's like the fucking, one of the best stories I've ever heard. It's a world that I can constantly live in. Like, I love Red Dead, right? Yeah. But after a while of playing Red Dead, I'm just like, all right, I'm tired of being the fucking Marble Man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, before that, I like, 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 I've been playing it, I've been playing it again, and it's one of those games that does not need the radio. Like, the radio is the best inclusion in that game because you just kind of listen to the radio as you do shit, and it's kind of just background noise. Yeah. But it really is the soundtrack to the entire, to every action. You know how many super mutants I've killed while listening to Butcher Pete? Oh, it's so much more satisfying. Yeah, but there's a real sense of tension when you don't have the music on. Like, Fallout 3 is a scary game. Yeah. And nobody kind of, like, gives it that credit. If you don't have the radio on, it's not campy anymore. It's just terrifying. Yeah, and I love that. Like, I really I really like just listening to Raiders Walk and they'll kick cans. Like, um, I've had a similar experience... Where in, in Fallout VR, I don't play with the radio and I don't fast travel. Oh. So if I forgot something a town away, I have to risk getting mauled by a uh, by some kind of wasteland atrocity if I want to go back and get it. Or like um, hitting up some raiders. And I don't have the radio to make it better. It's not like 15 minutes of low on my top. It's 15 minutes of I'm going to fucking die. So when you, do you play on hardcore? On VR? No, I think I play on uh, hard. Do you do you normally play the games harder? I play on either normal or hard when I tr- play new games, and if it's too hard, I'll bring it back because I'm a firm believer, and if I'm playing a game, I want to be relaxing and having fun. So games that are too hard for the sake of being hard, I usually don't bite on. Like, uh, that's why I'm not a particularly big fan of, of Dark Souls. I think it's interesting, and uh, the world is very cool, but I'm just not good at video games. Like, I'm a game design major, and I'm just not good at video games. So, I like, uh, 
more of the in-depth storytelling without the sitting on my couch saying, great, I need to go through this cutscene fucking again because I'm bad. Did you like Cuphead? I like Cuphead. Besides the art. Be- besides the art, I like Cuphead. I'm not good at it. Like, I haven't getting, gotten past the second world. Really? Yeah. I like it. It's fun, but I can't play it for too long because I'll get stressed out. And then I'm like, all right, I'm not having fun anymore. This is now a job. So, I love Cuphead. Yeah, I know you like Cuphead. I, lo- I, I think Cuphead was. I think Cuphead's honestly one of the best games I've ever played. And now they have the DLC coming out. Cuphead is a Souls-like game. Not everything has to be Dark Souls. What, what was that? I, 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 I said not everything has to be Dark Souls. Yeah, I hate I that. I fucking hate that trend. Oh, this game is hard. I just hate that every game has to be... Oh, it's hard. It's harder than I'd like. There's no text boxes that pop up to tell me what to do. It's There's harder no... than I like, so it's like Dark Souls. Yeah. Like, that's not a fair that. comparison. Like, it's so fucking stupid. A game could be difficult and not be like Dark Souls. Yeah. That's yeah. like saying every time I drive, I'm driving at an indie level. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, just because everyone else is an idiot doesn't mean when I drive, I am. Yeah. It's, I, I hate that, I hate that trend so much. Any game with cars is a Grand Theft Auto-like game. Oh, right? Any open world crime game. A Grand Theft Auto clone. How? How is Saints Row? How is Saints Row close in any way to GTA? It's not. I like Saints Row because it's campy. Yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Did you ever play Saints Row 1? No, I haven't. There's a gun that's a shotgun and it's a pimp cane. Yeah. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) It's, there's a three-foot-long dildo bat. Can't you shove it up somebody? Like, can't you, like, insert it inside a person? I don't recall. I know that you could beat the ever-loving shit What's out of somebody What's the name of it? it? It's the Penetrator. Fun. You remember. Of course I remember. This is my favorite melee weapon from the game, because it's fucking ridiculous. I, I, think, I think Saints Row is a really, really fun series, but... I like the fact that there is an apocalypse element to Saints Row 3. How far... Have you played through Saints Row 3? I've, I've beaten it. I don't remember that. After, zombies? Yeah, there's a, yeah, an entire, like, chunk of the map that turns into a zombie portion. After you talk with Mayor Burt Reynolds, that's right, Burt fucking Reynolds is the mayor <laughs> of Steelport. But you have that entire section, um, where, like, the stag initiative is set up that turns into a, a zombie game. I don't, I remember that, like, very slight, I remember that happening and then never going back there. Yeah. I don't. I think it's fun to just, like, bring some incendiary, uh, weapons and just mow things down. Was that a game that you just kind of got on and just fucked yeah, around? Yeah, just fucked around. That's why I was a Fallout. For a I, I really liked uh, Saints Row, but another game that was like that for me was uh, was New Vegas. After I had completed New Vegas, I would just walk around and just see what I could find. That's how I played Fallout. That's always I would yeah. I would play. I think it was in eighth grade, and I had this one teacher. Let's refer to him as Don. Yeah. And I was like, I was so beat, and it was my last class of the day, and I like had my 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 head on the table. And Don's like, yeah, what are you doing? I was like, Don, I'm tired. He's like, why? He's like, I was up last night killing zombies. Because I didn't feel like explaining to him what ghouls were. Yeah. Because I would just go in the subway and just old painless, ghoul, old painless, or ghoul, old painless, ghoul, old painless. Yeah. Just, and then I went to D.C. once, and I went to the Metro, and I was like, oh my god, I've been here. I couldn't believe how well replicated the Metro was in the game. I couldn't, like, I was, I was, I went there with my family, and I was like, mom, I've been here. And she's like, what are you talking about? You've never been to D.C. before. I was like, no, I have played enough Fallout where, not that I could be like, oh, this is the blue line. Like, I knew, like, the do- like how it's like a like a, a dome, yeah. kind of the shape, and then it's like the squares. It kind of looks like acoustic foam. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. This is and like the escalators on each side of the track. Yeah. 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 And the little booth. Yeah. The, the little booth thing. Yep. Like, they had they'd done their research. Yeah. But 
but they also always been, been good at doing their research. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just I, 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 like there are places in Fallout Four that when I visited Boston, I'm like, oh, I've been here in real life. Really? Yeah. I've never been to Boston. I visited uh, MIT. So the institute was like, oh, I've I've been on this lawn before. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I'm trying to think if there was well, oh, when I went to DC, I fucking stood in a hotel that was right across the street from the Pentagon. So I was like, oh, it's the cathedral, or not the cathedral? It's the it's the, the citadel. citadel. Yeah. Just. And it was so weird to, like, see it from the hotel room, and I wanted to take pictures. We live in, like, a post-9-11 world, so I was really afraid to take pictures. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's your favorite Fallout quest of all time? My favorite Fallout quest of all time? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure if I've ever considered it. There's no there's no quest that you just think about, and you're just your, your fancy has been tickled? Um, let me think about it. What's yeah. yours? I was hoping I was hoping you had an answer first so I could think about it. <laughs> um, I'll tell you one I really don't like because I've done it a million times: the White Glove Society. Yeah, I kind of like that one. It's neat. I just done it so many times. I like the you keep bringing up campiness. I like the campiness of um, the antagonizer. I was just gonna say that one. Yeah. I love the mechanist versus the antagonizer. Yeah, that's a really really good. That one. one's so fun. What a Canterbury Commons. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. If I had to pick one from Fallout 3, it's easily that one. I this, I might pick Andale. Andale? Just, it's not really, I don't think there's like a quest quest there. But you get what's going on. You get the narrative. Yeah, like I like getting there and everyone's like, oh, hey, nothing happened. 200 years of war. Nothing. Nope. Uh-uh. Nothing's rusty. Everything's pristine. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this town? And then you run over to this old man. He's like, no, stop. Everyone's fucking crazy. And the kids are like, we're shaking. And then you go into the basement. It's like, oh, they eat human. I love, like, I love that. I love the just, I love juxtaposition. Give me any, any quest that has any sort of juxtaposition. I'm in. Yeah. It's like, nothing is wrong here, but everything is wrong here. Yeah. As they smile. Yeah. I love it. I love, don't you like the vampire quest? The family quest? The, the family quest that starts in Arafu. I like that one. That was a good one. I've only done that a few times. I like it because you can get a really cool sword out of it. Do you ever play melee? Not really. I play mostly uh, guns or laser. Really? Yeah. I never really like buck with the energy weapons. See, I like uh, I like laser weapons. Plasma's fun, but yeah. I like laser weapons. I liked in uh, in four. I didn't even use a sniper. I used the plasma sniper, which yeah. goes against like everything because plasma like. You can outrun plasma. Yeah. But I had one that was like, I, I I think it's a unique, I'm pretty sure it's unique, but it was like it did 15% more damage if the target was at full health, and I thought, what better for a sniper? A sniper. Yeah. Do you ever play with explosives? Never. No? I like using grenades. I like using grenades in four, not in three. Yeah. Three, it's too cumbersome, I think. A little bit. But I like the grenades in four. Yeah, I normally have like 40 Molotovs on me. They become currency at that point. Yeah, well... There's the one perk that gives you the, um, gives you bobby pins don't break. Yeah. So you ever only need one. So I have 400 bobby pins, I sell 399. Yeah. Same thing, uh, like in Skyrim, if you have the skeleton key. Yeah, you never need... Yeah. Just never, don't finish the quest. If you don't finish the quest, you just keep it. I've never finished that quest. Really? It's, I have. Really? I like, uh, I really like the, uh, Thieves Guild. It's one of my, uh, favorite factions from the Elder Scrolls, I'd have to say. Are, are they in every Elder Scrolls game? Um, I'm not an Elder Scrolls expert, but I know that they're in, uh, definitely in Oblivion, 
definitely in ESO and definitely in Skyrim. I believe also Morrowind. I know that um, the Dark Brotherhood is in a large majority of them. Yeah. But, I don't know, I really only ever got into Skyrim. And I didn't even play it that much. I only put, like, maybe 200 hours into it. No, I only put 200 hours into it. Yeah, but it's a Bethesda game. Yeah. Bethesda games are made that you can play them constantly. Yeah, like, you have easily thousands of hours on Fallout 3. Probably. Say around 1,000. I think, at this point, maybe a little more. Yeah. You know how much 1,000 hours is? It's a long time. 41 days. Yes. Over a month of my life was just sitting in front of my, my TV... Playing Fallout. Yeah, like, that's nuts to think about. And to think about that I've been playing this game for ten years. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. Like, what other game has that longevity? I mean, longevity to you. Yeah, but I think I think Fallout, maybe more New Vegas than 3, still feels modern. Oh, yeah. And uh, the engine is so malleable that as long as you have a dedicated community of mod creators, which... Fallout's modding community is amazing. Yeah. Come on the show, mod community. Um, the entire community. Entire community. The, everyone at once, and everyone talk over each other. Um, but the mod community is wonderful. So as long as you have that support from the from the outside, um, outside of the developers, you have a game that can be propelled another ten years into the future. Oh, yeah. Like, whenever I play New Vegas, I'll throw on, like, 90 mods and see how it goes. And they all make it look gorgeous. It's enough that it can make my computer stressful in 2018. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I just... I just think... I think it's nuts. I think it's nuts how, like, I'm still talking about it. I'm still talking about it. I made a podcast about it. Like, I think it's nuts. Yeah. How do you feel about the voice protagonist? I know how you feel about the voice protagonist. I know. Uh, take it or leave it. Really? I, I thought it was alright. I feel like it could have been done slightly better, but the amount of work that went into that can... Be, I cannot give any critique to it because of... What do you mean? I'm going to, okay. going to explain. Sorry. I cannot bash the, boy, the voice protagonist because the sheer amount of work that went into it, I could not have asked for more. Because I know the hundreds, the over 100,000 lines uh, that have been recorded by the, the protagonist, doing anything more than that, it would have just delayed the game. And I can't sit here and be unappreciative of the amount the sheer amount of work that went into what they did deliver. Coming from uh, looking at a game design standpoint and knowing how much that, one, costs and how much time and effort that takes. I think it was a waste. I know you don't like it. I think it was the fucking stupidest idea they ever had. Because now that I'm playing 3, after playing 4, I read the character, I read the dialogue in my voice. And when I do that, I become more immersed into the world. If I wanted to make a character who was a black man, a fat black man, in Fallout 4, and there's this, I think he's Irish, his name's Brian T. Delaney, there's a there's a very white man speaking out of my very black fat man. Like, it just takes me out of it. And I think that the whole, where the kind of camera just zooms in on them, and you watch them, feels so much more like a conversation than having a dynamic camera that pans back and forth. See, uh, I, uh... I beg to disagree. Really? Having the camera change between the two uh, entities of the conversation makes it seem like more of a conversation. It's more of a cinematic experience. Okay, so you're looking at it from a cinematic standpoint. Yeah. I'm looking at it from a more intimate standpoint. Okay. When I'm, when I'm playing Fallout 3, I'm not playing Albert. Like, I'm not playing... I'm playing 
more or less myself or the character I'm trying to portray, project onto the 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 uh, player character, right? Right. When I do that in Fallout Four, I have a harder time doing that. Because the voice that is coming out of the character does not match the character that the voice that I had for that character. That's a fair critique, and uh, I feel like there should have been an option to disable it, but um, I'm not going to be unappreciative of the amount of work that went into it. Saints Two, hmm? Saints Two, Saints Row Two. Yeah, they had six different voice actors for the main protagonist, just like Skyrim. Oh no, not for the main protagonist. No, Skyrim's yeah, yeah. Um, if you made, it was like a white dude, a black dude, a Spanish dude. And then it was the same. A white woman, a black woman, a Spanish woman. So, okay, maybe he was he was a fat guy, so his voice wasn't like a girl. You know what I mean? It was more accurate. Yeah, like it, it, yeah. it fit better. Like, you can't tell me that you're going to play a character that's all beefed up. Like a huge muscly guy. And his voice isn't down here. And his voice isn't just completely controlled by testosterone. And you can't tell me you're going to play, like, a real skinny character and his voice isn't going to be here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And uh, I think they did a similar thing in, Saint, in Saints 3. They have a, an Irish uh, voice actor, I think. Do they really? Either that, either Irish or Scottish. But a uh, really thick accent. That just seems like something they would throw in because fuck it. Yeah. I think they had a, they had a three or four or five... Uh, different voice actors for the protagonist uh, per um, five or... The, as many as they chose, they had the same amount for the male protagonist and the female protagonist. So, I, yeah, it's doable and it's been done in other games, but the... Oh, for 100, 110,000 whatever it was lines? Yeah. I don't expect them to have more than two. Yeah. But I also think your wife is was such a lost opportunity. Why not go back and get her frozen corpse... And turn her into a synth and make her my companion. Like, I can spend an hour customizing what her face looks like, so Sean kind of looks like a mixture of the two of us. Like, why not? I... And you've, uh, you've talked about how you'd like your spouse to have been accessible to, by the memory den. Yeah, like, even even just to kind of, like, especially if you went to the memory den pre-Kellogg. Like, if, you, if they were like, okay, you can go there, here's the ring. They scrape a little DNA off the ring, and you get, like, okay, we only have, like, two hours worth. Two hours more than enough. Yeah. And it's just you get to, like, sit at you home. You get to be there with your spouse. Like, I just think that would have made me more compelled to... But then, that's also going against your thing that you have in about Fallout 4, that is it's... that it, it, you have a backstory. Yeah. That's giving you more backstory. So, you gotta you gotta pick. No, I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying there's there's... A difference between having backstory and having the compelling story. If you're going to tell me, all right, you already have a backstory, just flesh it out. I suppose. Like, if you're going to commit a little, commit a lot. Yeah, don't half-ass it. Whole-ass it. Like... Of course. I don't know. I just thought it was, like... I thought it was kind of a waste, honestly. The memory then only shows up twice. Yeah. Kellogg's memories and then Curie. Yeah. I thought it was a neat idea. It's a... Oh, it's a great idea. Yeah. And Ken, the, um... The guy who does the radio, that's the Silver Shroud. Oh. And he's the biggest Silver Shroud fan. Yeah. Like, they say he goes to the memory den all the time to relive what it was like being a kid listening to the Shroud. Yeah. But you don't, and like, his his office or his radio station is in there, in the memory den, but it's like... That's kind of interesting. It's interesting, but it, it had so much more potential. 
Yeah, but also, it was a big game. They, oh, they, yeah. they had to pick their punches. Yeah, but I, I also feel like they kind of rushed it. Certain elements, there. you know how much loot there is under the water? What do you mean? There's entire structures under the water. I, I, I haven't searched for those. Like, I was watching an Oxhorn video. Shout out to Oxhorn, come on the show. I was watching an Oxhorn video, and he has, like, a whole thing where there's, like, crashed planes and, like, stories. Like, you know they have those environmental stories where it's, like, teddy bears playing poker? Yeah. There's, like, shit like that, and apparently there's cut content of a, of a vault that was supposed to be an underwater vault. Huh. Imagine finding, like, a bunch of amphiba people, <laughs> and they're just, like... Like, like, that'd be so cool. Yeah. I think if they would have waited another year, they would have, uh, I don't want to say it a better game, but maybe more of a polished game. See, I think the game's quite polished. I don't want this to come off as that I don't like Fallout 4. I loved Fallout 4. I just think... Also, you're choosing to talk about it with a game design major. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know I'm going to pick apart everything you no, say. No, I know, but I just, I like... At the end of the at the end of the day, the game is not made for the publisher. The game is made for the consumer. Yes, you know what I mean. And I understand there's there's stipulations, and you have to stay within this, and you have to stay within that. But it also doesn't change the fact that well, I don't want to say that it wasn't fun because Fallout Four was a ton of fucking fun. It was just that it wasn't engrossing. I didn't feel like when I beat Fallout Four the first time, I didn't feel, and I think I had like a hundred and eighty hours on it. I didn't feel the need to go back. Where when I lost my 180-something hour playthrough of Fallout 3, my first ever playthrough of Fallout 3 was 180-something hours. When I lost that, I went, fuck, I need to go back in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt the need to jump in. But with 4, I was like, okay, I'm done. And I didn't play it for months. I mean, do you think any of your nostalgia for your first Fallout game is a factor in that? No, because it was like right after. I bought a bigger hard drive and upgraded the hard drive and saw that my Fallout got corrupted and I only hadn't played Fallout like maybe a month. Fallout was a game that like I used to have like a place where I kept my games. Yeah. But Fallout was always on like was always next to the TV because I always played it. Like I always would pop it out and throw it in. I'd be like, okay, I just bought Crackdown 2. I'm done with Crackdown 2. Fallout 3. Right back in. Just like I, I it was just Fallout 3 was the game I played while I waited for other games to come out. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you made such a beautiful piece of art in my eyes. I was going to be disappointed with Fallout 4 no matter what. Yeah. And I've come to terms with that. You you had to... There was no way you could have managed your expectations. No, because I won Fallout 3... Fallout 3.5. Yeah, you wanted another Fallout 3, but that's not what Fallout 4 is. No, and and I went into that knowing that. Yeah. But at the same time, I can see when there's so much missed opportunity. Like, instead of focusing on, let's reshape the Nuka-Cola bottles, let's redo the Edatronics, let's redo this, let's redo that. Like, yeah, you have to do that because you're moving up to the next generation. They were like, oh, there's hundreds of hours of quests. Does that include every time I get a fucking place marked on my map? That's worse, that's like worse than a daily quest. Like, oh, a daily quest, go on, kill ten things, come back. Like, oh... Uh, Turpentine Bluff needs your help. Or the Slog needs your help. Or that one spot that's in like the middle of the field. I don't remember the name of it, but it's like there's a doctor there or something. Needs your help. Like, there's no other quest to do other than go there, kill what's ever invading, and come back. Like, how come I don't have to, like, there's someone dying. I have to go get the medicine that you can only find here. You can only, like, I don't know. I'm not, like I said, though, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying it could have been 
you if you if you give anything too much time, people are not gonna like it. Like Duke Nukem, did you ever play? Did you ever play Duke Nukem Forever? No. Duke Nukem Forever was a game that was announced in like '98, <laughs> and didn't come out until like 2011. And yeah. they changed a bunch of shit, but like nobody liked it because it was so different from, from the original, Nukem. and it yeah. had so much hype around it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying, but also I don't agree with a lot of what you're saying. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's just because there's so much, so much goes into it. I'm aware of it. Yeah, it's more than just like drag and dropping things. No, I know this. Like so much design and writing and planning and acting and scene setting and everything. It's all this giant mishmash of work. I'm I'm aware. They worked on the game as they. I think they said Skyrim wrapped, and they started working on four and. Skyrim came out in 2011. So let's say by 2012 they started working on, and by 2015 we had uh, we had Fallout 4, right? If they would have took another year to work on it... They had planning for Fallout for as soon as uh, Fallout 3 wrapped. No, I know, but I'm saying that they, I don't think they started working on it, working on it, until... Until Skyrim was done. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't think they started working on working on Skyrim until the last two DLCs for 3. I'm not sure about that. I thought they had Skyrim in the works for a while at that point. Really? Yeah. Maybe I'm flipping that. Maybe. Maybe it's the last DLC for Skyrim they started working on. I'm not sure. All I know is DLCs involved somewhere. But the water vault would have been awesome. To actually explore the water. There's like in the files for a giant kraken monster. Yeah. There's a scuba suit that's somewhere in the files. Like instead of saying, all right, we got to come out. There's a harpoon gun. Sorry? I think there's a harpoon gun. The harpoon gun that was in the files. And someone uncovered, and then they just put it in the Far Harbor pack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you have all this stuff ready to go, and you just need to polish it and work it out and iron everything out, why not wait? You know how many times, like, Red Dead got delayed? Or Watch Dogs. Yeah. Watch Dogs got delayed so many times, but it didn't turn out to be as great as they said it was going to be at E3, because it was a Ubisoft game. I mean, no shade at Ubisoft. No, Ubisoft, come on the podcast. Yeah. But, like, they showed us, they showed us, like, 4K graphics and then gave it to us, and it looked like a fucking kid colored it with Crayola. I mean, that being said, Watch Dogs 2 was phenomenal. I didn't play Watch Dogs 2. Phenomenal. That's what I've heard, but I've not. I really liked that game. In summation, Fallout 4, great game. What would I rate it? But not your cup of tea. Not my cup of tea, no. I'd give it, like, where I'd give Fallout 3, like, a 12 out of 10, I'd give 4, like, a Seven and a half, an eight. See, better than average. Definitely way better. Than all right, average. what would you give New Vegas? What would I rate New Vegas? Yeah. Metacritic gave it an eighty-four. I was probably gonna say about an eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I had to rate them, Fallout Three is like an eight. Fallout New Vegas is like a nine and a half. I can see that. And uh, Fallout 4 is probably, like, an 8.5. So, like, I'll know how Fallout 3 got the lowest of my three, because I love Fallout 3. But, like, I just really like New Vegas, and I cannot disrespect the amount of work that went into 4. No, and yeah. like I said, I understand that, and I and I, I get it, and it's appreciated. There's a lot of things, now that I'm playing 3 again, where I'm just like, fuck, this combat system is not... Yeah, this is chunky. Yeah. This is Oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, maybe I should use a melee weapon. Maybe it'd be easier. Because, like, it's so on a grid to aim. It's 
like I don't know how to explain it. They're, they're all great games. They're all great games. Yeah, we love them. Yeah, we that's made a fucking podcast that's why, about That's why we're talking about them. Yeah. yeah. But when you love something, you critique it. Because you... It's like it's like when you love a child. Yes, and? Like... You want to do, do best by it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you want it to do the best. You know what I mean? I think it's unfortunate that more people can't see it from see things from a place of love where there's so many people that go on and just hate on things yeah the gamer like community right now Ugh. is is like i feel like in general it's just toxic yeah well you know why you know what i blame entirely for it hmm. is gta 5 hear really? me out hear me out hear me out gta 5 whatever you want to say about it it's not my favorite gta game i think they kind of screwed us on a lot of things with that game i think because they made the online mode for a while, the number one thing on YouTube was, Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to the channel. Today we're going to be talking about GTA 5 and how to get shark cards and how to get them for free and how to... Like every... Before we do that, if you could just get into the video, would you could just smash that like button for me? Go ahead and smash like button. Go ahead and do that to your favorite. Send this video to 10 friends and leave a comment on the bottom. What's your favorite brand, clothing brand in the game? Like every fucking video was the same shit. And it was just... It, was just, it just dominated YouTube. It just dominated YouTube for months. For months. Which is understandable, because it's a good game. No, no I'm not, not saying it's not. I'm just saying but. it's, like, Call of Duty 2. Yeah, that always happens when when that carbon copy gets released. Like, I, I, I bought the, the remaster of Call of Duty 4. Yeah. And I'm, like, not even enjoying myself playing it online. Like, I was never good at that game. But I remember having a ton of fun. But the yeah. only people that are still playing it are the people that are fucking been playing it since the day it came out. And know how to do everything in that game. Yeah. Like... Everybody has to be a YouTuber. Everybody has to be that level of, like, gaming. Ugh. Like, Fortnite? Fortnite is just... Sponsor the show, Fortnite, please. <laughs> like, I, I know you sponsor YouTube. Just sponsor, 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 the, sponsor the show. You're an alright game. The community just kind of ruins it for everybody else. It's like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's a great show. Rick and Morty's so funny. Yeah. But when I see a dude in McDonald's screaming, I want my chicken nuggies, yeah. I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. Rick and Morty, come on the show. Like, <laughs> Justin Roiland. Yeah, yeah, Justin Roiland, come on the show. I, I, Dan Harmon. How you doing, Dan? What are you doing? You know, you just went I like Harmon Quest 2. Sorry? I like Harmon Quest 2, come on the show. Yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole yeah. cast. It's just... Yeah, I think just people get so worked up about things, especially games, where they don't realize so how much went into it, and then they feel like they're shortchanged, when really they were given the best they can get for $60, the gaming industry will die if games stay at $60. Really? Yeah. You you get games and get are, and are not satisfied with them because there is such people are so attached to that $60 price tag. If you let if you want games to be great, let go of your $60 price tag. Yeah, but look at that from a consumer perspective. Oh, I, I am and I agree like it's you a really lot of money. You want to pay $120 for a game? No, like 60 bucks is still a lot of money um for a game, but you if you want to keep that price tag, which has become the industry standard, you need to understand how expensive the current generation of games are to produce. Give me some numbers. All right, so you want some numbers? Uh, for example, GTA V cost $265 million. How much? $265 million, roughly, to produce. That's insane. To be able to spend that much money on a game... They could have easily charged 80 for their game if you wanted more from it. Um, let's talk about Bethesda games. Uh, because that's what we talk about. 
Yeah, but you know what? All it's going to take is one company to charge $80 for the bait. But you know what? No, fuck that. Because every company, like not every company, but a lot of major companies are making entire games and pulling content from the game and saying, oh, this is DLC. This is first day DLC. Yeah, because they aren't making their money back with the $60 price tag. That's why, that's why so many games have a DLC model. Because if you want your favorite companies to be able to keep making more games, they need to make their money somehow. And you love Fallout, you're going to buy the DLC. Yeah, I am. You're, you paid $120 for like no. for, for Fallout 4 or something. I paid... Well, how much was the season pass? 60 No. No? Like 30 40 bucks. 40 You paid 100 bucks for Fallout 4. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't pay $60 for Fallout 4. That's an $100 game easily with the amount that went into it. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, but, I'm, but what I'm saying is Bethesda puts out a product that's a quality product. Yeah. Like, as much as I just shit on Fallout 4, I'm not saying it's not a good game. What I'm saying is, like, if they put out fucking Rogue Warrior tomorrow, if they, re- you know Rogue Warrior? I don't know what Rogue Warrior exactly. is. Exactly. It's a game that, that doesn't work, and the only thing about it that drew people in is that Mickey Rourke did the voice actor. It was the voice actor of the main character. They had four other voice actors, people spawned out of your ass, so you just died, and then he cursed constantly. That was the only thing, Mickey Rourke and him cursing, and then he raps at the end of the game game did not work. Functionally did not work. If you would have told me this is a $60 game and you got to buy the DLC, first day, this and that, whatever, I would have fucking looked at you and laughed. I'm like, what, are you kidding me? This game? You, you, if you want more money, I understand, but you have to make a quality product. Yeah, like, uh, for instance, um, Skyrim, its development cost was about $90 million, and Oh, it's peanuts. Th- uh, <laughs> Compared to GTA Five, it's peanuts. Yeah, well, GTA Five is one of the biggest games yeah, that's released in the past decade. Yeah. Um, and though it, no uh, official things have been released about Fallout Four, it's estimated to be between 120 and 150 million to produce. You're buying that DLC. You're paying. You're paying 100 bucks for that game. But that's because I love Fallout. Yeah. And 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 because when they came out and said they had the season pass, I didn't feel like it was like uh, a a late buy it like i didn't feel like it was they said look we do dlc we like dlc we have ideas we're not sure what it is we don't know how many is going to come out that's why they upped the price of the the season pass later on yeah they made the season pass 60 bucks because they added a lot more than they than they promised yeah Yeah. i bought the season pass for i think it was 40 i think it was 30 or 40 yeah and like first off i felt like i made out like a bandit but not only that they told everybody hey if you want to buy the season pass you have until this day till we up the price. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Bethesda's marketing and PR is pretty good. But I'm just saying, like... You don't feel cheated. I don't feel cheated. Yeah. But there's a ton of, like, Prey. Do you remember Prey? I think it was called yeah. Prey. I, uh, it's on my Steam wish list. I think it looks good. Where you play as the Beast, and then there's, like, four or five other things? I'm thinking no. of a different game. I'm thinking of the Bethesda game, Prey. Oh, no. The space uh, Moon Colony. No, there's a game okay. where there was, it was like a four or five versus one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about. The game came out with over like $200 of DLC on the first day. That you could choose to buy. I think some of it was cosmetic, but I think some of it was like level packs. Like I never played it because I remember seeing $200 worth of, of DLC day one. Because you know what I think it is for a lot of people too? Video games are such a place of just relaxation. It's such a place of, this is where I can unwind. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting... It's an entertainment sh- medium. Sorry? It's an entertainment medium. Yeah. 
where it's like, I feel like I'm getting cheated every day. I go to work. I fucking hate work. I come home. My wife doesn't look at me. <laughs> like, I want to relax. I want to become this guy who kills dragons. I want to be this guy who is a superhero. I want to escape, right? Yeah. So when your form of escapism is like, hey, you can buy this and you can buy that. You can do this and you can do that. It's like, fuck it, you're trading I'm trying to get away from capitalism. And here you are, just bringing <laughs> me back in. Like, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. Companies need to make money. That's why a company gets started to make money and to make a product that people will enjoy. Yeah. Absolutely. Do they need to make more money to, to support them? Yeah, probably. Make the fucking game better. GTA 5, my biggest gripe with GTA 5 is they give you San Andreas, but they don't give you Los Ventores. They don't give you... Um, the hell's it called? I can't remember. They don't give you... Um, What's supposed to be San Francisco. They don't give you Area 51. They give you San Andreas, Blaine County. That's it. But the amount of detail that has gone into those sections oh, is incredible. Do not get me wrong. The amount of detail, the amount of detail to just the smallest little thing, mind-blowing how, how much there is. I don't know. I, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, there's little things about GTA 4 to me that are better than GTA 5, like the combat system. Like, when you punch somebody in GTA 4... If you actually had to, like, plan and kind of, like, duck and, like, hit buttons at the right time, you go and punch somebody in GTA Five, it's whoosh, and they're dead. Despite that, I think that uh, games, as they are now, I think we're, we're getting enough. And I'm excited for what we're going to get with Fallout 76. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh... Bethesda could make a Fallout game called Fallout Fuck You, where it's Todd Howard teabagging a fucking the next game they're going to make, and I'd put 120 hours in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... I'm a stan. I don't like. Also, I'll be the first person to tell you. Yeah, I'm very excited for 76. And it's such a different idea. Like, it it may not be different in the grand scheme of games. In the grand scheme of games, but it's a departure from their formula. Yeah, and you know what? I'm if excited to see how it goes. Yeah, and if it's not for you, then don't play it. Yeah, more loot for me. That's <laughs> like, true. And if Sony could fucking get on their shit and just allow crossplay. Yeah, maybe Sony's not going to come on the show. <laughs> Sony, come on the show. Uh, if you do crossplay, you can come on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're not allowed on the show. So, you think you learned anything this episode? I did. I didn't know as much about the resource war. Yeah? Yeah, and I, I'm glad that I know a bit more. Because, turns out, Fallout America is very bad. Oh, it's terrible. Very evil. Yeah. And like I said, I was telling you before we started the, before we started recording, I was like doing this at home researching and i'm like oh my god this is so bleak yeah it's like like they kind of play like okay shit was bad and bombs but like reading exactly what was going on like cities being wiped off the map like tel aviv is gone yeah just gone that's nuts yeah so as always we're going to end off with a very special radio program brought to you by atomic radio hour we have nuclear family episode one part all right everybody have a good night have a good one drive safe kiss your dad straight on the lips that's someone else's particular we're gonna get sued you can't fucking do that Uh, uh, all right mcelroy boys come on the podcast come on the podcast defend yourself yep (laughs) atomic radio hour is proud to present the number one family sitcom in the country nuclear family 
On our last episode, it seems as if the Smith family had been getting into a little trouble with their new neighbors, the Simmons, who just so happened to be ghouls. Morning there, Al. Hey, morning, Rich. How you been? What's with, uh, what's with this glum look? Oh, Al, I've got new neighbors is all. Oh, that sounds like it'd be a good thing. Yeah, normally it would be. Normally I'd greet them with an ice-cold Nuka-Cola and a few sweet rolls to welcome them to the neighborhood. Normally, I'd ask them what they do for their job and attempt to develop a relationship. But these neighbors are far from normal. What, is they rich? Is they muties? <laughs> no, but almost as bad. Ghouls. Oh boy, Rich, that's rough. I knew this guy's sister's aunt, cousin, grandmother twice removed on their father's side. Who came home with one of them zombies and they beat her to death. Well, Al, Karen invited him and his family to dinner on Friday. Ah, oh, jeez, Rich, you never even invited me to dinner before. I guess I'll just have to see how this plays out. Hey, have the new guys from the Peterson caravan come out yet? I want to make a good impression on them. Ah, they, they should be here soon. All employees to the showroom floor for a mandatory meeting. Well, Rich, I guess that would be them Petersons people. I don't know, Al. I don't really want to move. We just started a community garden. I want to teach Jimmy how to be self-sustaining. Where is this new me- Oh, no. Alright now, fellas and lady fellas. The name's Bug Simmons. Al. Al. That's... And I'm the new manager from the Peterson Division up north. And most things are going to stay the same. If anything's going to be changing, it's our productivity. Now, also, minor changes will be made on Friday, that if we meet our quota, we can leave an hour early, and still going to get paid for that hour. And, twice a year, we're going to host ourselves a family picnic. Now, let's get out there and make sure we deliver. Mr. Smith, how the hell are you? F fine Mr. Simmons, thank you. Now, Mr. Simmons, it's a pleasure to meet you. Please, please, call me Vug. Oh, okay, cool. Vug, it's great to meet you. Never met a ghoul that wasn't a flesh-eater, like old Rich over here was telling me that some dirty shuck would- Ow! Uh, why don't you shut your mouth and go fix that photon resonation chamber? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Thanks, Rich. I'll be seeing you fellas later on. Mr. Smith. I know you're a hard worker, I've seen your file, and I know what you're capable of. Th thank, thank you, Please, Mr. Vugs, just call me Vug. Th thank you, Vug. Now, I need you to run a minor caravan to the Mitchell settlement to the northeast of here. Yes, sir. I'll pack up my Brahmin and head right on out. Meanwhile, at the park, Jimmy and the fellas are getting acquainted with Vug's daughter, Abigail. So, like, you're a ghoul? Yep, for as long as I can remember. Well, does, uh, does that mean you can go play in the rad pits next to the park? I mean, technically, I could, but I don't know what kind of monsters could be hanging around in there. Do you do jet? Oh, you don't ask somebody a question like that. No, it's fine. For a lot of kids... I'm their first interaction with the PNH. What's a what's, what's, what's a PNH? A post necrotic human. A what? A what?
That's just our fancy pants name. What a ghoul! Oh. oh. <laughs> Come on, Petey. Come on, Paul. Let's round up some rocks and get to the spot where the ragstags eat and wait. Okay, yeah, that sounds swell. I brought some from home. Alright, fellas, you get ready. I'm gonna keep showing Abby the park a little bit and I'll catch up with you guys later. See you, boy! See you, boy! Abby, how's, how's that Ollie's famous iced tea treating you? It's wonderful. I haven't had iced tea since before the Great War. Wait, you're from the before the war time? Yep, most schools are. Even the Farrells. Wow. What do you, what do you think you miss the most? Hmm, that's a good question. Probably just the smell of when my mom used to make fresh bread. And honestly, I was only nine when the bombs dropped, so I don't really remember much. What about you folks? Yeah, they were. But they don't really like to talk about it all that much. Oh, well then. My brother remembers it much more than I do. He was 15 when it all happened. Can I meet him? Sure. Wowie zowie. <laughs> if we could find him. Wait, what? About two years ago, some crazies that worship radiation met him, and he had been glowing since about 2099, 2100-ish. So, a pretty long time, but he was the first non-feral that they met that was a glower. So they started acting as if he was some sort of holy figure. Wowzers. <laughs> yeah, but my parents don't really like to talk about that either. Well, I'm just happy that we have someone new to add to the gang. It sure is swell that I moved to an area that has kids my age. Last place we went to it was nothing but old people. Yuck. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. That was great, wasn't it? Loving the shows. Before we end it off, I want to give a quick shout out to Shane Ivers for uh, allowing us to use Feather Duster, the intro track. If you want to pick up uh, that song or any of them like it, you can find it at silvermansounds.com slash free music slash Feather Duster. We'll link it in the video description below. See you next week. <laughs>